Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome to or welcome back to Gardening Naturally. Um, lovely day. Going to be a little drizzly. That's not a bad thing. And the temperatures, oh my. We're looking at fall weather. Finally, 105 degree temperatures, that's just too much for me. Too much for a lot of things. But we're in great fall weather for the garden. And uh, it's going to show. You're going to see your your garden greens, your flowers. They're going to really be going crazy here soon. Let's go to the phone. This is Bobby. Bobby, what can I help you with? Hey, good morning, Jeff. Um, I'd like to know the pros and cons of um, planting, digging up a native trumpet vine or buying a uh, Madame Galen. Sure. The native trumpet vine can be very aggressive and it's kind of a super wild here we go it will really take off but it can overwhelm a garden the madam galen is what they consider to be a somewhat controlled vine it doesn't have the aggressiveness it doesn't go as crazy in its growth but it still has the beauty of the flowers is digging one up better than the other? Simply depends on where you're going to put it. If you are going to dig one up and you're going to use the native trumpet vines, do you have room for it? You know they get 30 feet long. They can get quite large and they get heavy. Do you have a good support for them as they get bigger? If you do, Sure, just dig some up. If you don't, the Madam Galen and starting with a brand new vine may be much easier to control. Okay, sounds good. Um, the blooms, I guess, on the Madam Galen are a little bit more showy. Isn't that correct? Yeah, they tried to breed it out so that it would be more covered with the flower and more frequently is the goal. Um, but uh, other than that, either one of them will uh, bloom and give you those beautiful flowers. <clears throat> yeah, I was worried about the frequency also. Didn't know which one would have blooms more than the other one. Well, you have a little bit of control of that. You want to be careful of fertilizing. Um, it, it loves nitrogen, but when you give it a lot of nitrogen, it makes a lot of vine and leaves, but not a lot of flowers. So stay kind of stingy with fertilizer, and you should get more blooms out of it. All right, great. Thank you for the information. Sure. Thanks for the call, Bobby. Yeah, trumpet vines are gorgeous, folks. 
But the old saying is, they will grow three foot taller than the tallest structure near them. <laughs> they are 10 meter plants. They'll, they'll grow 30 plus feet long when they're healthy and cared for. And if they're not blooming, don't be fertilizing them. That may be the cause of the lack of blooms. Oh, uh, they take some time to establish to really start putting on blooms. So a little patience helps too. Let's go to the phone. This is Cheryl. Cheryl, what can I help you with? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have two large uh, live oaks uh, in my front yard. And then all of a sudden this year, sap has been dripping from one of them and our car is under there. So it gets covered with sap. I've never had that before, so is something happening, anything I can do, or does this happen every once in a while? Do you well, know? I'm going to grow, yeah, I'm going to gross you out here a little bit, Cheryl, I'm sorry. Um, the dripping sap, if you were to examine a bunch of the oak tree leaves, okay. on the underside, you're going to find one of several different bugs there are there are oak aphids there are um mealy bugs there are um webworms there are all kinds of insects that are attacking the tree but understand they're not killing the tree it would be nice if they didn't do it but they're not going to kill the tree Here's the problem. They are vampires. So they take a bite out of your oak tree leaf and they process all of the food they need out of that. And then out the other end. Oh, lovely, lovely. That's what's falling on my car. (laughs) Yep, it's called honeydew. Um, It washes off, it is nasty. Um, you can try one simple thing that can help. Okay. And that is to take your garden hose, put it on jet stream, and blast from underneath the leaves. You're going to blow off the bugs that are attacking it. Okay. And you so can do like that It did frequently. a whole lot of sap, and then we had a nice rain, and then it quit for a while, and I thought, okay, that solved the problem. But then it came back. Yeah, and what happened is the rain literally helped wash off the pest. That's what you're doing with your garden hose. Okay. Same idea. You're just going to be able to simply wash it off the tree. Now, this pest can be seasonal. So you're getting a blast of them right now. If we could get to some cold weather, truly cold weather, like a frost, you'll get rid of them. Okay. And again, they are making your tree sticky. They are making your windshield all ugly, but they are not going to kill the tree. The tree you know, would the rather tree not looks have healthy, and I bugs. never. And you know how a lot of times your oak trees are kind of like this one's like maybe 12, 14, 15 years old, and they're up high. So I never thought about looking at the leaves just because it's way up there. 
So I'll go take a look, and maybe, um, you know, we haven't had a heavy rain. It's this nice, slow rain, but most probably will go out there and blast that. But the cold weather would kill them off, and then was our tree just sort of like, okay, this has never happened to us in like 12 years, and they just said, ooh, this tree looks good, and they set up house? Sort of. The conditions, meaning your tree may have had a lot of relatively new leaves on it. New leaves are tender and supple to bugs. Okay. A mature leaf, a mature oak leaf, well, you know how thick it is. They're less likely to have a problem. So if you get a burst of new leaves, having these kind of bugs would not be unusual. And I'm assuming you don't have any crepe myrtles on your property. Not on my property, but there's some around in the area. Uh, well, I always heard that they had, and I used to at my former home have crepe myrtles, and they would get that kind of mildewy thing. And mm-hmm. they had said, "Don't ever get water on them in the evening. If you're going to water or something, do it in the morning so it can dry up." That's the yep. only thing I really know about a crepe myrtle. Well, their crepe myrtles are notorious for getting aphids. And they will rain this honeydew. They will just be unbearable. Yeah. I, unfortunately, have crepe myrtles right along my driveway. Okay. So I am constantly having to wash off my car because of that. I would rather have the crepe myrtles because it's not harming them and it's not hurting my car. But that's what's going on. This is a natural event. And uh, your trees are fine. Okay, thank you. Thank you, and we enjoy your show. Thanks for all the information. Thank you for calling, Cheryl. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. i got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Looking at the weather radar, there is some rain a little south where I'm at, but uh, it may get better as the day goes on. Tomorrow, much greater chance of rain. Again, there's we can never turn down rain here. We just don't get enough of it. And the only thing that's making that worse is the fact that because we have so much limestone, because we have so much bare ground, we've paved so much of it. Water falls on the ground and it runs off. The rain that falls here winds up going south. Yeah, it just keeps going. Now, the better the soil, the more water that is absorbed and stays here. Now, we really would love to know that when it rained, we could capture all of it and it would stay here. Well, that's not happening. That is not happening. All of our roadways, 
what do they do? Flush the water off the road, put it in the drainage system, and then try to get it to go somewhere else. Gee, that's a lot of water that gets wasted. That's a lot of water that can make a significant difference in what we've been dealing with. But um, that's how we live. What can we do that helps that? Well, one of the best things is plant. Now, we can argue all day long about what to plant. But plant things, have things grow that, that break up that soil, that change the till, set down those roots so that when it rains, water can go down there so that we can catch it in that soil. We should be planting more and more trees. We don't have anywhere near enough trees. And planting plenty of trees, planting lots of trees, that'll get rid of our heat islands. You know, those places where the temperature just explodes? Because it's nothing but asphalt. The sun beats down on it, warms up that asphalt or concrete, and it's still hot at night, even though the sun may be down. With trees... We block that sun from creating those heat islands. And the trees, with their deep roots, break up that soil so that we can get more water to stay around here. If you have a piece of ground, plant something on it. Doesn't have to be fancy. Doesn't have to be a specific plant. If it sets roots, it's worth planting to break up that soil, to shade from the sun. Shrubs, guess what? The area they're growing in is keeping the soil cooler. Cooler soil, that means you and I are cooler. We just need to plant more things. Let them grow well. Let them get healthy. Give them the things they need. And they'll return the favor by keeping us cooler. And it can make a big difference. It can make a very big difference. 15 degree difference would not be unusual. And anybody got a reason to not plant trees? I mean, seriously, they're beautiful. They provide a shade, which keeps us cooler. They provide habitat for wildlife, beauty for you, more trees, more plants, period. Texas is fortunate. We have some truly beautiful wildflowers. Yeah, I know. Everybody goes, blue bonnets. No, 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 no. There are lots of wildflowers that grow in Texas. And they're all gorgeous. Um, Gallardia. Flocks. 
Skullcap, native skullcap grows everywhere. Um, Blackfoot daisy, pick, pick. They improve the look of your environment. And by planting things, they improve the soil. By improving the soil, we hold more water. We lose less rainwater to run off on the streets. Instead, it soaks into the ground, which keeps the plants happy, which gets them to grow better, which gets them to hold more water, and you see the cycle. Now, maybe you're doing a garden. Good. That's absolutely fine. That serves the same purpose. Did you know that? You may go, well, I purchased my soil because it was in great condition, and I planted in that. Yeah, you did, but you still get the same effect. Plants generally set roots deeper than you're going to put your new soil in. So that means the plant roots go through the soil you use to build your raised bed garden and start working on the soil that's under it. Over time, over time, what happens is you start winding up with deeper and deeper higher quality soil. Works out great. You don't have to do a lot of labor and you just keep getting a deeper and deeper garden bed. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> we The weather report, the radar shows that we may have some rain headed this way. Um can't complain. That would be nice. And it doesn't look like it's going to be super duper heavy rain, just consistent. And I'll take it. I got an inch of rain last week. The perfect amount with our temperatures, definitely perfect amount to get a deep soaking and get all of my plants topped up on their water supply. Hopefully, that'll last uh, a week easily, cooler temperatures, not such a demand for water. So every drop of water I get after that is doing nothing more than soaking the soil, getting things the water they need. Now, those of you with the rain capture systems, rainwater collection don't forget, even in this time of year, don't forget your mosquito dunks, all right? You may not think you need them because it's cold. That water in your rainwater collection, whether it's a 55-gallon barrel or 30,000-gallon cistern won't be freezing. It would be very, very 
unbelievably cold to to freeze a 55-gallon barrel of water. So you are still going to have mosquitoes. There are plenty of mosquitoes that can handle that cold temperature. And you want to prevent that from happening. Don't forget that just because it's cold doesn't mean they're there not causing problems. You've got to be aware of it. So don't forget to replace your mosquito dunks or whatever system you're using to keep your mosquitoes to keep your mosquitoes from going crazy in your rain tanks. Also, those of you who have irrigation systems, sprinklers, do you know how to flush them? Do you know how to turn the water off and open the system so you can drain out all the water? I I put in water distribution. I won't call it sprinklers, but I put in water taps that covered about a hundred and some feet because I it, it's 400 feet from one end of my property to the other. And I needed to be able to get water to various places. I also like the security of being able to have something to help control a fire if one should break out. But I don't want them to freeze. I did bury them but not really deep, and all of the taps stick up above the ground, which they could freeze, and that would burst the pipe. So once uh, we get a little colder, and I don't need to run the water as far as I used to, I'm going to turn the water source off. I have a single valve for that. And then I will open the furthest downhill water tap and that will drain my system for me and I won't have to worry about freezing any of the plumbing and because of the cooler weather the area that I'm using the water won't really be bothered by not having any by not having any uh, during the cold weather don't forget your irrigation system. You're going to have to do something with it, right? You might as well start planning that now before you come home or get up some morning and it's like, holy cow, I didn't do this. I'm surprised by the weather change. Stay ahead of it. Stay ahead of it. Try to um, be prepared for it. Being prepared is going to cost you less labor. <clears throat> if you get ahead of it and you drain it before we get freezes, you won't be replacing pieces. And that's a good thing. Okay? That is a good thing. 
doesn't take a lot of effort either. And speaking of preparing for it, probably too cool today, may not be pleasant enough, and you may be getting rain, so that always makes it a little more difficult. What about frost cloth? What if your garden have you put in now that would be affected by cold weather? What could you put in, what did you put in now that might be damaged by a frost or a freeze? Okay. Do you have your frost cover, row cover, whatever, do you have it ready to go? Have you got your hoops in if you're using a hoop system to keep the plants protected from the cold weather? If not, do you have um, do you have the frost cloth? Maybe you did you take that out and check it? Make sure it's not torn up. Did you lay it out in place? Maybe you can pin it down or put rocks on it or something so it won't blow away, but it'll be there ready for when you need it. Nobody wants to go out and cover up their plants when it's already cold, when the wind is blowing, when it's raining, having everything in place are things that you need to remember. They will make your garden a ton more enjoyable than standing out there in freezing weather, blowing wind, and trying to manage that big sail of frost cloth blowing everywhere and get it in place. Being prepared makes gardening more interesting, more enjoyable. You don't get surprises you didn't expect. And you're ready for it. You're ready for it. It's not a big deal to go ahead, be prepared, not having to go out in unbearable weather and deal with it. I hate that. I hate that. Now would be a good time to start looking at doing that. Nobody said you had to use the material today. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, I need to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, folks. Um, going to spend the day. I have to look at. Uh, <clears throat> I have to look at some of my plants. Today would be a great weeding day. I've got that nutgrass, that terrible stuff, coming up around some of the plants I have because we've had so much water. So today would be a good day to try to lift out the nutgrass using a garden fork. Pop it in the soil, pull it back, unloosen the nut, you're able to pull out, completely pull out the nutgrass. Also, 
I have my tree puller available. I have all these little trees, you know, started from seed, didn't really want them. They're not very big, but when the soil has this kind of moisture in it, man, it's really easy to pull stuff out. So I'm going to be trying to get rid of a bunch of um, unwanted tree shoots in places I definitely didn't want a tree to grow. That'll only take a little bit, but it's great conditions for it. It's not super cold. It's not raining at the moment where I'm at, but there's lots of moisture in the soil, which will make it really easy to pull up weeds or tree starts, things like that. And I'm hoping to kind of catch up on some of the garden that way. I have a few plants I need to remove. I have, uh, unfortunately, I planted chives. Yeah. And I think they have a beautiful bloom that are really uh, bee-friendly, right? So I'm like, okay, that's not bad. Jeez, do they reseed. I had them take over a garden bed. I used to have a ton of echinacea, coneflower, growing in it. That was nicely propagated and expanding. Yeah, not anymore. The chives took over. So, had to get rid of the chives. And I also have a few plants that have showed up that I didn't want that I don't want growing there. So got to dig some of those out too. This is great weather to do it. With the water in the soil, it'll be easy to get the whole root out of the ground. And that pretty much guarantees that plant is gone. I have some plants that I'm going to need to transplant. Not going to do that quite yet. Um, Because Basically, I'm not sure where I'm going to put them. I don't want to just dig them up and throw them out. Uh, They're plants that I want to keep that have been really beautiful and have survived with no care for years. The best kind of plant, right? But I haven't figured out where they're going to go. That's probably why they're in the place they are and have been for so long, because I discover I don't want them there, and uh, I don't know where else to put them. I have some yuccas I need to move, and I'm going to have to dig up a whole whole bunch of my um, schoolhouse lilies. They did fantastic this year. I had a really long bloom period out of a lot of them, but... I need to move those. I want to make an even bigger bunch in one spot. I want to see all that red flower coming up. This is a good time to do so because you will be able to get under the bulb and lift it, lift it up pretty easily. And then you can move it. Also, when you pull up things like schoolhouse lilies, you will see that they are multiplying down there. 
one bulb is going to get a little bulblet on the side. And pretty soon, you're going to have lots of these spare schoolhouse lilies. That's how they multiply. These are wonderful share plants, you know? Gift some to somebody. If you pull yours up because you need to thin them out, you want to move them, things like that, share them. They are a great plant. They, they are so beautiful. Now, I have some miniature miniature irises that I need to do. Need to get those moved from where they are. This weather has its advantages. It's a good time to get rid of weeds, trees, and moving, separating bulbs. They'll come out of the soil easily. You're, they're going to suffer less damage as you try to pull them up, dig them up to move or separate. Um, and if you transplant them, you pull up a bunch of the bulbs, you find a new spot for them, you transplant them, well, this is not bad weather for them to be transplanted either. It's not too hot. There'll be soil moisture, right? That's good. And they won't suffer the shock of being moved. I've got three large patches of them, large as in two dozen bulbs per patch. And I know that I'll probably get 20% more bulbs when I dig them up. And I'm going to try to put them all in one patch. I want a, a, a display. Well, that'll be really easy to do right now. Easy, relatively speaking. It's still labor. <laughs> but it will give me what I want to look for. It will give me an opportunity to separate them, show how many I have. And the other thing is, is that as I lift these out, I'm also going to be able to get out things like, excuse me, like nutgrass, things like these volunteer tree seeds, everything from hackberry to elm. I get a ton of elm because I have elms growing around me, cedar elm or lace bark elm. Um, I get a ton of these things starting up everywhere. So it's just perfect for basically cleanup. This is kind of a get organized weekend in the garden. Get rid of the bad stuff. Move the good stuff. Can you do new planting? You bet. There are plenty of plants right now, perennials. We've got more than enough time for them to get a bite in the ground and be ready for winter. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I will talk to you all again next Saturday at 9 o'clock. Have a great weekend.